Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here in the studio today with... Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And no Amy. We're like switching. It's so odd. We're playing uh, mix them up, mix I and know. match. I know. I don't even know. Amy's like at some casino. Last I saw she having, was getting a massage. I, know, she, I don't know what she's doing. She's at some like Indian casino upstate or something. Right. And she loves to gamble. Right. But I think it's all these other things and not gambling. So it's like torture, I think. We'll hear about it next week. Um, But today we are going to have a guest on the phone. We're going to have Kelly Wallace from CNN. And we're going to tackle the subject of girls' clothing. Actually, not just girls and boys. This whole idea that's sweeping retail from consumer demand on gender-neutral clothing for kids. But also why girls' clothes aren't just you know, glittery and pink and all this stuff, but why they're so tight? Why the sizing? Short. Short, tight, and we're talking when they're little, um, and how different that sizing is, and these new companies that are coming up that are mostly founded by moms in response to this really gendered way of dressing um, our children. Yeah, it's interesting. So we're going to talk about that, and then we'll have our Bites of the Week. So we'll be right back with... Kelly Wallace. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So we have Kelly Wallace, digital correspondent at CNN, on the phone with us. Hi, Kelly. Hi, great to be with you. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. This article, you know, it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of articles that sort of rotate through the parent sphere every few months. You know, we get the fear of social media, we get the bullying. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, this is something that was completely new um, and so important and so interesting to me because I think it's something moms talk about amongst themselves, but I've never seen someone write about it and articulate it. And so I really am so glad you did because this idea of how clothing is gendered and how girls' clothing is styled, sized, Mm -hmm. presented... Um, I don't think there's a mom in this country that hasn't walked into justice and been like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Please don't let me buy that. Right. And there, there is a, a moment where that happens, right? When your girl becomes a tween around seven or eight, um, where the clothes really have this shift. Um, so why, you know, how did this come to you, this interest in writing about this? And, you know, how did you go about sort of delving into this story. Sure. Yeah, you know, the real credit and kudos goes to Sharon Choksi. Uh She's the co-founder of Girls Will Be, which is one of the, uh, you know, companies uh, mentioned in the piece. She started this clothing company about four years ago when her child, she's now 12, she was eight about then, where she just couldn't find comfortable shorts and shirts when she went to the store. And and also she got very interested in this sense of why is everything so gendered, you know, pink and frilly and purple for girls and, you know, monsters and Star Trek characters for boys, right? I mean, so she developed this company. We've done a few stories together on that issue of 
isn't there a time and a place now for more gender-neutral clothing? And I really think you're seeing parents, particularly mothers who are starting companies, to provide this clothing that, you know, people are really hungry for. So that's happening. But I had never actually thought about the actual sense of the sizing difference and the fit. Although, you know, my daughter, who is just turned 11, we have noticed that in the last year or two in terms of getting shorts that are so short and uncomfortable and riding up, and this is ridiculous. So that was sort of in my mind as a parent. But Sharon is the one who really wanted to do this test and did it in a serious way, took 10 mainstream brands, measured a size 8 in a boys, a size 8 in girls, shorts and tops, T-shirts, did the same for, I think, a size 10. And it was amazing the difference, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the shorts, 4 to 8 inches shorter for the girls. The shirts, I think it's 1 to 3 inches narrower. And that really sends such a big message, um, I think, to our girls as their their bodies are changing. And if they don't fit into those clothing, if those the clothing is uncomfortable to them, if it's more form fitting, what messaging are we are we saying uh, do are we sending to our girls? So I have to tell you, I didn't think about all of that until Sharon approached me, and I'm so glad um, she did, and I'm so glad to do the story and to see how it's resonating because I do think it's something, as you said, uh, Rebecca, we think about it as moms maybe sort of off to the side, but I don't know if I thought about it in a larger way. Um, and really what a what a crummy thing this is, and, and it really shouldn't be this way. It's so interesting to me because girls, we all know, grow faster than boys mm-hmm. and hit maturity and yet their clothes get smaller faster <laughs> in in these clothing lines and you know for everyone who has a daughter and knows how self-conscious they start to get at around eight or nine you know I remember shopping at Old Navy for tank tops for my daughters and I couldn't believe how many had shelf bras mm-hmm. built into them in a size like seven eight and I thought like this is so weird I can't get my daughters just a regular tank top um, and it was this, it was such a weird thing. I had a discussion with a mom who said, well, some girls are developing earlier now, so they need them. And I was like, well, then why do they have to be these form-fitting mm-hmm. camisoles? Because the girls are already sort of self-conscious. Um, but it's also putting their body on display in a way when they're seven, eight, nine, they don't have no agency over that, right? right. They're not deciding to do that. This is what was made for them. Um, and I remember being on that hunt for like the tank top that they could wear. And I think what's interesting about what you wrote about too is girls, we, and this I've experienced with teens, then bump up against the dress code. Right. And they can't even find anything that's dress code appropriate unless they want to look Amish, right? It's like, here's here's your choice. Well, you know, Kelly, this is Andrea and, and I really enjoyed this article too. And I have to say, I mean, growing up, I was chubby. I mean, you know, and even when I was growing up, the clothes were small. You know, right. you would go to the store and my mother would try to find clothes for me. I was always, you know, big busted as well early <laughs> on. And, uh, or zaftig as my mother used to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really hard to find clothing. And I'll never forget the day I heard her actually whisper to someone, do you have a husky section? And I mean, think about what that does to a girl's confidence yeah. and self-esteem, right? right? You're going into a store, your body's changing, you're growing, and you don't fit into anything that everyone else is wearing. It's just, you know, terrible. Yeah. You know, Andrea, it's nice to talk to you as well. I, it's, you know, and you both know as writers and creators, you always wish, you know, no story's perfect, right? Because I did hear from someone who said that I didn't really uh, bring out that point enough in the story about what about girls who um, – 
you know, are really needing larger and larger sizes who may be a little overweight or, God, you know, what about girls who are obese? So I, I, I really understood that criticism and, and thought that's a real legitimate thing there because you can't, the way the sizing is and the way, um, you know, you can't fit into those clothing, so you have to go elsewhere. And then, you know, what if you are an 11-year-old girl and you have to be shopping in the women's section, as you, you know, said, um, right. that's just so crazy. And the other thing that I've heard, and I'm actually trying to work on a follow-up story probably for the end of this week, but I have heard from Rebecca on that point about the dress code, that you have schools body-shaming girls mm-hmm for what they're wearing when they can only wear what is being marketed to them in the stores, right? So the shorts are too short or the shirts are too tight, but yet that's what you find if you go to many of these mainline brands, mainstream brands. So I just thought that was an interesting kind of twist here, too, that you have the schools that are kind of criticizing the girls for what they're wearing when this is the clothing, that is really, for the most part, only being offered to them at most of your top brands. It's so funny because, you know, I remember having my, my friends with boys who their big complaint was that boys' clothes were so bland and yeah. uninteresting. And there were girls had so many more choices. It was so much more fun to have a girl. Um, and then you saw this sort of rise in cooler boy brands like you started to see the the crew cuts whatever these brands pay more attention to having more stylish boys clothes right um and it's funny that no one ever thought until now with these moms about girls it's not about that although there's way too much you know in my mind it there's it goes very tacky very quickly with girls clothes it's like the more glitter the more sequins the more <laughs> yeah, but i think girl you know female <laughs> adult clothes look like that too right. like if i see yeah. one more tank top with sequins right like the uchki pachki as my yeah. grandma would say but um but it is so it's interesting to me that this seems to me a better focus overall because what it's really about is girls are active girls yeah. want to be able to play girls want to be able to be comfortable and why should these girls be mini, they're just mini music video, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't want to sound prude because I, I don't like when it goes so much that way. But these, again, like I said in the beginning, these aren't girls with agency. These these are seven and eight-year-old girls who aren't choosing um, to dress a certain way and assert their you know, bodies in a certain way. But they're growing up dressing this way because that's what's available. And then when they become 13 and 14, then they're dressing either too sexualized or too, you know, kind of tacky or, uh, you know, and then, and then they can't, you know, you go to school and your parents are constantly saying, you can't wear that. You can't wear that. It's too short. It's too tight. Um, I grew up here in the city and I went to a private school. So we had a uniform. Yay. I'm all for uniform. I think everyone should have a uniform. Much as I hate hated that uniform and it had to be a certain temperature before we could actually put on pants um we had a uniform and sure yeah. there were the girls who had you know cooler like they wore their shirts a little cooler or they wore their right. socks a little cooler and you could see who was going to be trendy shoes but we all wore the same thing and i have to say i kind of liked it right um it's interesting because a lot of the girls schools in the city still have uniforms but they drop them by like high school the girls don't really have to wear them Mm -hmm. Um, and even middle it's like the little girls who wear them but that is I told you I've had this story before it's why I chose my daughter's camp is because it's uniform oh I know I know I love that Uh, one of my daughters is going to a camp with a uniform and and I love that as well you know it it also 
as I was doing this story, and I'm sure you guys think about this too, you sort of think, how did we get here, really? Um, And, uh, you know, you go to people like a Rachel Simmons, uh, expert on on girls and girls' leadership, and she's written a number of books. And, um, you know, her point was that it is... um, you know, it, it is something that the sexualization has been happening uh, over time. Um, and then you have um, girls, older girls, the marketers are marketing to the older girls, maybe, you know, older teenage girls. Um, and, you know, we've been seeing the sexualization of girls at younger and younger ages in the media, either what they're wearing or what they're doing. Um, then you have uh, the marketing going to the older girls, and then you have the younger girls who are aspiring to, you know, mm-hmm. young girls aspire to be like the big kids, right? And so it sort of trickles down. That said, you know, she said that we're at a time where brands, especially with cause marketing and with consumers, able to really connect with brands in a way. Um, she said there is some sense that brands are trying to be more responsible, knowing that you know, whether it's their product, if it does impact, you know, we've seen it with toys, we've seen it at Target, right? No no boys section or girls section. So we're seeing brands respond, but she said it's going to take brands to really understand that the clothing they offer can impact, you know, a girl's self-esteem. And, and if we really want to empower our girls, then we need to be understanding that the clothing we're offering by our brand should also be empowering them. So, you know, we're a long ways away from that, but she said if you are starting to see some brands um, take more responsibility, be more behind girl empowerment, and it would take those brands to really understand that it's not just speaking girl empowerment. You have to understand that the clothing you're offering and the fit, that's also about empowering girls too. You know, it's interesting because I think – Moms obviously do the majority of shopping in this country and probably the world. Um, But certainly moms are the ones buying the clothes for their kids, you know, nine times out of ten, if not more. And moms have so many body issues, um, you know, and so many. It's so so complicated to me because, you know, I, I see what happens when you go into a store and you're, you know, women have the same hangups, right? They try on the bathing suits. They complain about how they look. They try things on. And then you do this in front of your daughter. And then right. they start doing it. Right. Exactly. And then the daughters ingest that. And so I wonder, you know, as much as I hope the brands start offering um, these uh, other choices, particularly sizing. I, I do because th- brands have done this with adult sizing, too, right, where they've started to pretend like a zero now. Oh, is yeah, maybe the vanity sizing. Yeah, right, the vanity exactly. sizing. Now a negative four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. So, you know, I, I do wonder, um, you know, we need the brands to offer it, but we need the moms to buy it. Yeah. And I think there'll be a group of moms who are obviously into this, right? There's the moms starting these companies. There's you having this conversation very publicly, which is great. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the brands are only going to respond if they're bottom line. Definitely. Starts to respond. Where can people find some of these um, clothing more appropriate, uh, some of the people that you talked with? Yeah. So, you know, in my piece, if they just look up on uh, CNN.com and go to um, CNN Parents, um, they'll find a couple of companies. Girls Will Be is one, um, which is offers, you know, really sporty. And, and, you know, what they also try to offer is some in purple, some in pink, so that girls who want to have more traditionally feminine clothing can have it also. Um, there are a couple other sites in there mentioned uh, Free to Be Kids, uh, Jesse and Jack. There's a whole gallery at the top of the piece 
which is what we did, I think, about a year and a half ago. They were doing this um, raise awareness, clothing without limits. So these are about 10 companies. You can find links to their um each individual brand, but these were all, this was really on the gender bending kind of movement here. Why do we need to have, you know, why can't you have a pink shirt with a dinosaur for a boy who likes pink? And why can't you have a dinosaur on a girl's shirt too, right? So it's that kind of thing. Uh, And they said that they're feeling like they're starting to see some brands. I mean, Gap just got some attention because a five-year-old uh, you know, was telling her mom, why I like sporty bo- clothes, why isn't there anything for me in the Gap, you know, more sporty clothes, it's a five-year-old girl. And then the Gap CEO said that he's going to work to make sure there's more gender-neutral clothing. Um, so there are some signs, but I think, as you both just said, ultimately, if people keep buying these short shorts and the tight tanks and the fitted tees, and that's the product that keeps moving. Guess what product we're going to keep seeing in the stores? Right. You know the answer to that, right? And that's where that's where I think it just gets really difficult. So parents have to like put their put their money where their mouth is, totally. right? Yep. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, it's funny because there was this backlash with teens against Brandy Melville, right? For the opposite thing, kind of was it's everything's one size, right? And so if you weren't that Brandy Melville size, um, you couldn't buy anything Brandy Melville, which is really crazy. Um, but it obviously worked for them because they came this, you know, they became this huge cult brand. And I, I just, yeah, girls get screwed, man. Even the inseam thing. I think about that all the time for women. Right. Like why my husband can buy jeans and right. his inseam. And I have to be like, okay, do they have a petite? You look right. for the inseam. Or I have yeah. to pay 50 bucks yeah. to get them yeah. hemmed. Yeah. Like when, I, don't, I don't understand. Like this idea that all women were supposed to be 5'9 and that's the fit model. So everything's yeah. based on that. Is there, it goes up the up and down stream, I think. It, it's so funny, too, because just this weekend, my 11-year-old, my my younger daughter, nine and a half, she only shops in the boys section. I mean, she wouldn't even think, you know, there's just nothing for her. Um, and I'm, I'm totally comfortable with it. She gets what she wants. But I would love, she should have options, right? Mm-hmm. She should have options beyond just going into the boys' uh, clothing department. But I was, my daughter was wearing, and I don't totally need to out the brand, but, you know, it's one of the mainstream brands where you might go. Um, and the shorts were just riding up on her. You know, it was so... They were so physically uncomfortable, and she didn't want to stay there. She's like, no, Mom, they're okay. Mm-hmm. They're new. They're okay. And I had just done the story. I couldn't think about anything else but these shorts. Like, I was just this crazy woman because I thought, this should not be. I am seeing how restricted you are and uncomfortable you are yeah. and co- self-conscious you are. I mean, it's crazy, and it really opened my eyes to just that her experience in those shorts was so unpleasant. Um and that shouldn't be. That's no, just ridiculous. And yet, and yet she wanted to be in them because yes, that's what the store that's what says she should and be. And that's what everybody's yeah. wearing. Exactly. And you that's shouldn't right. have to argue about it. Exactly. Right. It's what everybody's yeah. wearing. And well, it's a great piece. It's yeah, a great conversation a great for people and, to have. And I love that, too. I love that whole idea of this idea, girls, the tomboy, right? You had to yes. be something else if you're going to dress in the boys' style clothes, which is also ridiculous. Right. Well, this is great. We will link to this on our Facebook page and on ParentingBites.com so everyone can see it and see all the brands. And I look forward to your follow-up story. I think that's going to be great. I'm I'm working on that in the next day or so. So I'll I'll flag that to your attention because it is kind of ironic, um, an ironic twist to the story. Yes. All right. Well, good. We'll link to that, too. And thank you so much for joining us today on such short notice. And we love talking to you, as always. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. And congratulations on the podcast. Thank you. All right. Great. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks so much.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our bites of the week. It's just us. We have two small bites. We're like appetizers. Just us. <laughs> All right, Andrea, what you got? All right, back to tech gadgets. So I have said here and said in public many times that one of these days I'm going to give up my iPhone and switch to an Android phone. But it's difficult, right? It's really hard yeah. to move all your stuff from iOS to Android. Uh, and even harder to learn a new phone. And then I've said, but if somebody ever came out with a purple Android phone, <laughs> I think that would probably push me to do it. So I have in my hand Samsung's new Galaxy S8. It's called Ooh. Orchid Gray, but in the right, I mean, it could be a little more purple, but in the right light, yes. it kind of looks purple, like right? Like a good paint color. Exactly. And uh, I'm kind of loving this. It's so I've really been playing beautiful. with it for a few days. Um, Very thin, like it's, narrow. It's kind of, well, so here's why. Because your screen is, there's no bezel. There's absolutely no. So I just okay. unlocked it with the fingerprint sensor. So when you look at, at letters on here, you wow. look at text messages, it uses the whole screen and right. wraps around. It's got that curved edge. So I'm loving this, and it's really comfortable to hold. Um, but here's the key. It's got, this is an AT&T phone because okay. this is what I have. It has this, let me help you switch to Android. Uh-huh. And it's like a, it's like where they used to be able to say, you, you know, if you're switching from an old computer to a new computer right, right. and you, you like stuff. back up all your files, it automatically will move all my stuff for me from my iOS phone to the Android phone. And it's going to be really easy. So I'm going to let you know how I do with yeah, it. Yeah, you have to let me know. But it's got really cool stuff like, um, you know, this new Bixby thing, which is a voice, a personal assistant. And, you know, if you're traveling, you just point your camera at a landmark and it'll tell you what it is. So it's supposed to it's supposed to be really smart. I'm going to check it out. But so far, it's a purplish Android phone that I think <laughs> may win my heart. All right. But then you have to put a case on it anyway. True. See, I never understand that because I don't want to put a case on it. This is actually, I mean, for some reason, and maybe it's the rounded edges, it just feels like more secure in my hand. It is very narrow. Like it, I mean, maybe it's actually not, but it definitely looks narrower than the iPhone. Yeah. I I think it is. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know. All right. All right. Galaxy S8. It is very pretty. Um, So my bite is the summer's coming. um, And I think summer is like a good time to try something new if you have time so there is a company called masterclass.com which are video classes but they're master classes so they just launched like a playwriting class by david mamet you can do tv writing with shonda rhimes oh wow and it's really a class it's not some cheesy webinar you know that somebody's peddling you is it a video or is it's it a video series but then in within that they have a classroom so there'll be a classroom hub where you can interact with other students but it's at your own pace so whenever you start the class you start the class so whoever is in that hub you're in the hub you can exchange ideas you can talk to classmates the person teaching the master class will actually sometimes respond to questions mm-hmm. if they're new, but then there's also a whole knowledge base of past questions that were asked that yeah. were answered by the expert. You do it at your own pace, but 
they have suggestions on how to do it, which I also liked too. Like, it's because some people sit down and like, I'm just going to watch all 30 episodes in two days. And they're like, no, here's how you should do it. Like, do these two. <laughs> no binge learning. And then there's a PDF printout and like workbook for each lesson. So if you're someone, who, especially if you're looking to do something creative, there's cooking. There's and huh. these are like I like to do like a learn people. to code. Yes, but they're they're that, but they're with like the best people. They're huh. truly master classes, and they're cheap. They're maybe they like ninety nine dollars, fifty nine dollars. You can find discount codes online. That'd be a great gift to give someone. It's a great graduation gift yeah. if you have someone, especially if they haven't started a job yet. Um, but it's also good if you're someone who maybe wants to do something creative on the side, like you have your job, whatever, but you're thinking like, but I always wanted to do that. Right. Um, you don't have to go take a graduate school class. You don't, have, this is so, it's just, to me, it's really, really cool. Summer's the perfect time too. You could do it at the beach. You could do it at the front. And I like and that how technology is really enabling this kind of learning, right? You don't yes. have to go to a school and take a class. You can do this at your own pace, on your own time, in your own living right. room. Right, from someone you would never normally get to learn from. Um, so it's different than just like reading someone's book or looking at a webinar again, which I, I find those to be incredibly unhelpful. And I, a lot of times when you look at those quote unquote classes, there's just a lot of upselling for other stuff. It's not actually a class. These are straight up classes. Hmm. So masterclass.com. And if you have a kid too, a tween, a teen, there's so many options and it's super fun. Oh, have to so check that, out. that is my bite this week. Um, thanks, Andrea. Thank you. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will have links to everything we talked about today on facebook.com slash parentingbytes and parentingbytes.com. You can find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, share, and on play.it where you can find Parenting Bites and all the other CBS podcasts. There's a whole lot of them. Until next week, happy parenting. Happy parenting.